I have a really important related question. Yes. Can you kiss a toad? I mean, you can. Nomadic cowbirds and poking the puffballs. I like turtles. And lightsaber frog calls. Fresh steamy scat filled with persimmon seeds. Hi there, it's me, Lindsay, one of your hosts for That's My Favorite, the podcast where we geek out with naturalists. I'm here today with Emily Davis. Emily, what's hey. your favorite? My favorite is frogs and toads. Mm. All of them. Okay. All of the frogs and toads. Um, why? Why? <laughs> <laughs> uh, it started from a very, very young age. I would always hang out at my grandpa, since I'm from Arkansas, my papa's house. Um, mm. And he would have a garden. And so when you have a garden, you usually have lots of toads because that's where they like to hang out is in wet dirt. Uh, so I would just constantly catch them and chase them around the backyard and get peed on and stuff. So I really, really enjoyed them from a young age and just kept studying them all my life pretty much. That's awesome. So yeah. would you say you enjoy getting peed on by toads? <laughs> I don't enjoy it, but I don't mind it. You know, it okay. just kind of comes with the territory. As soon as I see a frog or toad, I'm going to grab it and I know I'm going to get peed on. Okay. <laughs> Speaking of excretions. I watched a video recently of a toad taking a very large poop. Yes. Have you ever been pooped on? I have not. And like of all of my time messing with toads, I don't I don't think I've ever even seen them poop. Like I've seen videos of it, but just not in person, which is really strange. Like I might come back and it's like in the water around them, but yeah, I've never actually seen them poop, which is which is weird now that I'm thinking about it. Yeah, I've never seen them do it in real life. Yeah. But I kind of want to. I do too. Now I'm curious. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, back to how frogs and toads are your favorite. What is it exactly about them that makes them your favorite? You know, I think just the personal experience with them really helps. Um, also, they're squishy. <laughs> and they're yeah. really fun to catch. You know, you have your toads, which since they have the little short stumpy legs, they just kind of hop around. So they're just like easy prey, basically, which sounds really awful. But they're so easy to catch. And then you have the frogs, which are like more of a challenge because, um, man, they got those long legs. And I think especially in college, after I took herpetology, which is study of reptiles and amphibians, um, I had a professor who showed me how to properly catch frogs and hold them by their back legs so that they don't jump away from you. And it was just so life-changing for me, so it made it even more fun to catch them. <laughs> okay. So you said that there's a proper way to yes. catch them. Can you explain that to me? Because I just kind of go out there and, like, slap my hands and hope I yeah. actually catch a frog. Like, is, yeah. what's the good way to do it? Um, so one thing is if they are actually doing their mating calls, they're really, really easy targets because they're so focused on calling and not moving that they're not really paying attention to you. What? Um, so that's that's one way. That's how I caught like those four frogs that I brought here was just they were all calling around each other looking for ladies so they weren't worried about me. Um, and so... I just usually will use one hand and I just go down as quickly as possible, but in order to keep a hold of them so they don't get away from me, I'll kind of like hold them gently around their waist um, and just keep a hold of those back legs so they can't jump away because their front legs are a lot shorter, so they're not really going to do much of anything. Uh -huh. um, and so that's kind of the easiest way to keep them from getting away from you. Okay, okay. Have you ever eaten frog legs? I haven't, and that's what my family 
growing up, especially at restaurants, would all get frog legs, which are always going to be bullfrogs because those are the yeah. biggest ones that we have in this area. And uh-huh. there is a hunting season for them. Yeah, that's which what I is kind of nuts. Okay, do you know anything <laughs> about that hunting season? Like, can I just go out and shoot one? Like, do I have to use a net? I like, think usually you have to do like kind of like the spear fishing kind of thing. No way. Yeah, yeah. So you can't just go out and shoot them. And there is like an actual season. I think it's during springtime, which makes the most sense. But yeah, yeah I think usually it's it's frog gigging, which is kind of scaring gigging. them. Yeah. <laughs> That's what it's called. It's frog gigging. Do we know why? It's or you can just gigging? grab them and sometimes which sounds I, I think it's just a southern thing. I don't okay. know. Some people like will noodling? just Yeah, kinda like noodling, <laughs> yeah. A lot of people will also, if you don't want to like gig them or spear them, uh, they'll just grab them and then kind of whack them against a rock. Oh. Yeah. Which kills them quickly. I mean, but yeah. Yeah, I guess that would be probably the most humane way to do it. Yeah, instead of just like stabbing them and hoping you hit them in the right spot. Oh, jeez, that sounds terrible. Kind of kind of awful, but they are a good food source for a lot of people. But yeah, I personally, I really, really enjoy frogs, so I just don't want to eat them. But I've heard it's good. Yeah, um, I've actually eaten frog legs okay. before. I didn't go hunting for them. I was out camping with some friends, and they went out and caught the frogs, and then they brought them back to our and campsite, and then we ate the frog oh, legs. Yeah. Wow. And, um, so those were super fresh. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, they almost have a faint taste of farm pond. Oh, yeah. see, yeah, I don't know that I would really enjoy that. Either, I imagine so. like farm-raised bullfrogs are much more different. Yeah, but they need some good seasonings, probably. Yeah, definitely. I mean, yeah. they didn't taste bad, and I mean, we were out in the woods, and we didn't have the tools to make gourmet meals. Yeah, so we just like <laughs> kind of skewered these little guys. Well, not the whole body, but their yeah, legs just and, the legs. Yeah, and you kind of peel their their skin off like a pair of pants. It's very weird. <laughs> yeah. So, so similar to chicken. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Similar. Yeah, it, it is similar to chicken. <laughs> just some chicken legs. Yeah. Okay. So tell me more about why you like frogs and toads. I think, yeah, again, just the thrill of catching them. And then the more I learned about them, the kind of weirder and more interesting I found them. I think one of the weirdest things to me is they practice, um, I think it's pronounced dermatophagy which is where whenever they shed their skin, because they do sh- shed it pretty often, more often than <gasps> most reptiles, and then they eat it. I don't even think about frogs and toads shedding their skin. I know, and you don't, because it's not something that you normally see, because it, since it's so thin, it's pretty translucent, so you don't notice it, and often they just eat it off of themselves. So it's not like you see it lying around since they immediately eat it, but they think that they eat it because, one, it kind of gives them back all of that nutrition. Uh-huh. Um, another idea is that if you don't leave it laying around, then a predator can't find it and have an easier way to find you. So they think it might be oh. like a combination of stealth and nutrition. <laughs> and what did you say it was called? when they Dermatophagy. Dermatophagy. Phagy. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Derma skin. And then phagy is like is eating. Consumption. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I got you. So it's, it's very strange. That's so all cool. of them practice that. Um, and so, you know, they think that they shed more often because since they actually breathe through their skin and take stuff through their skin Mm. they want to make sure that it doesn't get too hard so they just keep shedding so it's nice and fresh and all that oxygen and water can get in their skin because that's the only way they drink is through their skin they can just like literally hop in the water and just take in water that way instead of swallowing so they're like a sponge yeah pretty much they just absorb it all well that can be good and bad right yes that can be really bad so pretty much all amphibians frogs and toads included are considered indicator species Mm. Here in Kansas, 
Not so much because most of our amphibians are very, very tolerant because mm-hmm. they have to be able to handle a lot of stuff living here in Kansas. Yeah. But since they are just like sponges and they live on land and in the water, they can take in a lot of pollution that way. So there's a bunch of them, especially in places where there's water close to factories or, you know, um, like people flushing like all their kind of birth control pills and stuff down the toilet. Oh, yeah. Where like frogs are getting feminized. Yeah, I've read studies about that. Yeah, and so they they are really susceptible um, to stuff. So they're called an indicator species because they point out if there's something going wrong in the environment. So hopefully you can fix it before it starts affecting other animals. Okay, so you would say that amphibians like frogs toads and probably salamanders Mm -hmm. definitely because it's an amphibian Uh. (laughs) um their presence in an ecosystem suggests that it's healthy or not dependent on if they're actually around yeah definitely and of course it always depends on the kind of frog that it is because some are more tolerant than others bullfrogs they can handle pretty much whatever you throw at them toads are also hardier because they usually only take in stuff on their belly um, because oh. that top of their skin, since it's all warty and dry, yeah, and they just more terrestrial. don't take in as much. Yeah. Okay, okay. Um, but then you have things kind of like the the gray tree frog, which is my like absolute most favorite favorite because okay. they're so cute. Um, they're a little less tolerant, um, but especially like if you go to places like the rainforest, all of those guys are like great indicator species because that's a lot more kind of temperamental mm-hmm. environment. Okay. Let's back up a tick yes. to your favorite, favorite species. Yeah. Uh, you said it's the gray tree frog? Yes. Okay, now I, I have two questions for you. Okay. Number one, why is that one your favorite? Mm-hmm. Number two, what's the difference between a gray tree frog and a copse? Copes gray tree Copes frog? Gray okay. Tree frog, yeah. Yes. So, yeah, um, they're my favorite, favorite because that was one of the first ones that I started catching whenever I was in college. Um, so they're all over Arkansas, uh, both species, and they're here as well. So it was nice to like come here and see that they're still here. Um, they do change color, uh, kind of based on temperature and where they're hanging out at. So they can be like absolutely gray, or they can be like this bright fluorescent green, mm. and they're really cool looking. Uh, they also have like this bright yellow color, kind of in between their thigh area, oh. um, and then so it's kind of like a white-tailed deer, like flashing his white tail. So it gives something for predators to look at and kind of focus in on. And whenever they hide that away, the predator doesn't know what it's looking for anymore because it doesn't see that bright color. Um, so it's a great wow. defense mechanism uh, for those guys. I had no idea. Yeah, so they're just, and they're tiny. They're really tiny and cute and they're kind of warty, um, which mainly we associate warts with toads. But there are a lot of frogs that are actually kind of warty and have bumpy skin too, but they're still considered yeah. frogs. Okay. Um, so second part of that, Cope's gray tree frogs and gray tree frogs are two different species, but they look almost completely identical. Actually, they are completely identical. Okay, so one I put one in one hand and the other species in the other, and I wouldn't be able to tell you what they were? Nope. So how do you tell them apart? The only way you can tell them apart without doing genetic tests is by their calls. So you have to have two basically male frogs that Uh are calling to be able to tell them apart. And even then their calls are super similar. So one, they both have like trills Mm -hmm. and one's just a little bit higher and faster than the other. Could I get you to demonstrate? I'm really bad at that one. (laughs) If you asked me any other one, uh, I, I would be able to do it. Like I can do like the narrow mouth. 
if you want me to okay. do that one. That one's like, yeah. uh, <laughs> <laughs> Okay. But, yeah, you might have to play, play right, those I'm gonna, guys. I'm going to pull, pull both of these guys up. So here is a Cope's Gray Tree Frog for our listeners out there. So there it is. Because there's other frogs in the background. Yeah. Oh, it's the louder one. Yes. And this is Cope's Gray Tree Frog. Okay, awesome. And we'll, we'll post these sounds and maybe a couple videos of these two different frogs, mm-hmm. these tree frogs calling, so that you can see them for yourselves. And then, what was the other one? A gray tree frog? Gray tree frog. Gray yes. tree frog call. Okay. Um, and here is that one. Oh, so you can see, that's a little bit slower. They do sound, but they do sound so similar. Yeah. Okay, so. So it's even hard for me. Like, I have to have them, like, right beside each other. Uh, and like kind of hear them at once to be able to figure out which one's yeah, which. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's wild. I can't even imagine. Okay, so if you have a male Cope's gray tree frog and a male gray tree mm-hmm. frog, right, mm-hmm. um, next to each other, how do you get them to call? Can I just like poke them? Or... No. So it's weird. They can do a release call, uh, which okay. is probably what they'll end up doing, and that's because whenever um, – frogs are wanting to find the ladies they kind of hop all over everyone and sometimes the frog they hop on is a female that's not interested or it's another male and so frogs whenever they're about to mate they do amplexus which is like this death grip around their waist but if whatever they're on top of is not interested they'll do a release call which is just a really loud kind of peeping noise to be like hey let go of me so that's probably all that they would do. So the best way to maybe get them to call would be to play their calls because they're going to be like trying to duke it out with whatever other males are around the area calling um, because they are just all literally out there trying to be louder and more impressive than all the other males around them. That makes sense. I'm kind of picturing in my head a mini like boxing match. A mini little boxing match. Between these yeah. male frogs. I have seen videos of some like really, really big frogs just like smacking each other because they do have like what? territorial disputes what do you mean smacking like like they literally like, like chest bump oh, each chest other oh, yeah okay. and like bounced off of each other that's wild yeah. okay I'm gonna and those were some up. really big ones they might have even been cane toads that's kind of what they looked like okay which are enormous and disgusting i'm but. going to ask that you send me these videos so yes, that we can post I got them you. online it was actually a gift oh why yeah. is okay <laughs> yeah. i want to see this so i'll have to show you it yeah i want to see that okay so we've talked about um, your favorite, favorite, yes. favorite. Um, do you have a, like a second favorite frog? My second favorite or is toad. it's what I discovered recently was the Woodhouse's toad, mm. which is all over the place here in Kansas, but we don't really have them in Arkansas. And the first time I saw them, and I was used to little American dwarf toads, which are really tiny. They're only a couple of inches long. Oh. And then I got here and saw these Woodhouse's toads where the males are like the size of softballs sometimes. No way. And I just had like my mind blown because they're enormous and just like these big chunky creatures. Softballs, like women softballs. Yeah, they can get big. And they're just like voracious eaters. So they won't stop. So they can just get huge. And I love their call because it sounds kind of like a woman screaming. Okay. Yeah. And so it's like, "Ah!" that's a really bad (laughs) one. It's not quite that croaky, but it's just like, here, let me think. "Ah!" That's more like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I've heard that. So it's just like terrifying if you have like a just a field or a pond full of those guys and it just sounds like a bunch of women screaming. Like it's just. 
So they're just weird and huge and clunky, and yeah. I love them. And okay. seeing their little tiny toadlets all over the place are so cute. Yeah, yeah. So I know a fair amount of about frogs and toads, mm-hmm. and I can usually tell different species apart fairly well. Mm-hmm. I do struggle with the tree frogs, though, because they are so yeah. similar and their calls are so alike. Yeah. That's why I asked you to explain and demo a little bit yeah. and why we listen to them. But, um, yeah, that Woodhouse's toad call, I can see how it might be kind of terrifying yeah. if you're, like, walking around at night yeah. and you've never heard or I mean and you don't know you what don't it know is that you're hearing yeah, yeah exactly because that's what I mean you know if you ask a kid what a frog sounds like they're gonna say like ribbit ribbit or like a mm-hmm. croak or something and I've never heard a frog actually do that unless it's that release call and so just the amount of different kinds of calls that are actually out there and how weird some of them are are amazing totally I think I heard or read like an article um about how someone actually called the police. Oh no. Because they heard a Woodhouse's toad somewhere <laughs> in like in a park and they didn't know what it was. Yeah. So they panicked thinking that it was like somebody yelling or screaming. Yeah. And so they called the police about it and the cops were like, well, nothing's really going on here. Oh, no. I know. I was like, I can see your concern, but it, I can I see mean, how it's, it's also confusing. pretty legit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, especially since it's really cool. You can hear them all over the place, but not ever see them. So it's nice because you can identify them just by hearing them. But if you don't know what it is you're listening to, it can be kind of freaky. Because like that narrow mouth toad that I did earlier sounds a lot like a dying sheep. So you might think that there's a sheep around you and you're like, where the heck is this sheep? But you can't find it because it's like an inch long little frog. Yeah. And these guys can get really loud, can't they? Oh my gosh. It's amazing how loud they can get. And that's what the way that they kind of do their calls is they'll actually take in a big deep breath. Then they close their nostrils to keep the air inside of their body. And they kind of force it back and forth from their lungs over their vocal cords. And then that is all amplified by their vocal sac. So that's that big balloon looking thing that you see. So it's just like amplifying all of that noise that they're making over their vocal cords. But then they have their tympanic membranes. So those are little circles on the side of their head. And that's basically like their eardrum. But it's made in a way to where they're protected from the loud noises that they're making. So they don't burst their own eardrums by being that loud. Really? Because you can hear them from close to a mile away sometimes, depending on the species. I was going to ask. So they're really loud. Yeah, that's really, really loud. Okay. Um, uh, What's your favorite between a, like, what's your favorite, a frog or a toad? Frog? Oh, just between those two? Yeah, between those two. I don't know. That's kind of hard because it does depend on which one it is. But just like in general, mm-hmm. I like the way that frogs look more. But toads, okay. they're just so derpy and funny. And they seem like they have a lot more personality. I, I enjoy being around toads more, if that makes sense. They're pretty derpy. Like, yeah, because a lot of frogs, they just are like, I got these long legs. I can get away from you. I don't want anything to do with you. Uh-huh. Whereas toads, they just get like all mad. And they'll like use their front legs to like push themselves up and kind of like bow up basically like they want to fight you and try to get intimidating that's so hilarious their, their personalities i think are just better i don't know because oh they're not as afraid since they can't get away they just have more of like the fight part of the fight or fight okay fight. yeah i got you okay they got good personalities even if they're a little weird looking what is it about frogs that you like the look of them like you said you like the way that frogs look yeah like 
explain that i don't understand i think is it like sleek like i think it is just kind of like that you know just with humans like how you like the sleek and the slim Mm. kind of part of like cars and stuff like you said the convertibles kind of stuff it's kind of the same with frogs and they come in more colors i guess most most toads you see are kind of the brownish there are some like the chihuahuan uh chihuahuan toad which is found here in kansas but i think it's it's either threatened or endangered. Oh. I can't remember which one. Um, but they're like a really pretty green, so it just kind of depends on the toad. But most of the ones that we find around here are just a little bit more bland, but it's good for camouflage, so we can't really blame them. We have Rachel here with us, our other host for this podcast, and mm-hmm. she was telling us something pretty funny a little bit ago about <laughs> a person that she knows. I'm going to let Rachel so, tell you about it. I, I know a, a person... <laughs> Who, like, for the majority of her life, like, we're talking, like, she was a full-blown adult, like, mature, like, middle-aged adult before she knew the difference. Um, and she thought that frogs were the boys <laughs> and toads were the girls. And I just think that that's so cute. Yeah. Especially because I just love the idea of, like, out of the two, you know how there's all these stereotypes of how to portray yeah, lady animals in kids' the cartoons? The yeah, boy. no, it's like yeah. the, the <laughs> lumpy, warty yeah. one. That's the girls. Like, yeah. Yes. I like that. I like that lumpy, warty. Like, that's how I want to be yes. when I get old. Spirit animals. I already am that on the inside. Yeah. <laughs> let me. I think I am too. Just portray my authentic self <laughs> and be a warty toad. <laughs> Oh my gosh. I love it. Okay. Uh, don't pop it though. Ew. Ew. <laughs> Nasty. I don't know. Can you pop a toad's wart? <laughs> Not their warts, no. But there is the the plains hog nose, which like since those toads, like I said <gasps> earlier, will kind of bow up. Yes. That one of their defenses is they will actually kind of blow up their body like a balloon to make it harder for animals to swallow them. Yeah. And so yeah, the plains hog nose has those rear fangs, so it'll actually pop the toad and deflate <laughs> oh, them. Oh, that's hilarious. So, you can deflate them in that way oh, if you those really want to be. Poor frogs. Yeah, which I think they still live afterwards, because oh. I've seen videos of them just like where the hog nose will like throw the frog back up, the toad back up, and mm. it'll hop away. So it's definitely injured, but it's. That's crazy. Alive. So yeah. they're tough little buggers. Oh my gosh, they really are. Okay, so speaking of eating frogs and toads, um, I know our, my parents had a dog, a golden retriever, who used mm. to eat or yeah. try to eat do it. toads and frogs. Why did her mouth get all foamy? Do you know why? Yes. So they us? have bufotoxins. What? What? Bufo? Yeah. Bufotoxins. <laughs> yeah. And so um, that's like a neurotoxin. So it mm. is really, really poisonous and can like harm dogs luckily most dogs are big enough that it just makes their stomach hurt but like smaller things that eat them and they have to actually eat the whole frog they have to eat it okay well even licking it can sometimes do it too because they have these little glands that look like beans on the back of their head kind of behind their eyeballs okay and that's where that toxin actually comes from so sometimes if you see some kind of like white gross secretion kind of like popping a zit you know Um, that's actually that toxin so even if we lick it it might taste really bad could possibly make our stomach hurt depending on how big we are okay um but luckily it won't kill us but smaller animals it it can kill especially if they eat that whole toad not that i'm considering licking a toad but i was gonna ask you what would happen and you definitely (laughs) need to like wash your hands after you touch them too because if you like lick your hand or rub your eyes it will sting or taste really bad oh dang I have a really important related question. Yes. Can you kiss a toad? I mean, you can will, if you just really want to. Will it turn into a prince and I'll live happily with I wish. <laughs> that would be nice. But you won't get warts. 
Toads will not yeah, give you warts. Yeah, that was my next question. Yes. So those aren't real warts on their body. It's not like the virus, like, you know, humans can get those kind of warts. Okay. They're so just little bumps basically all over them. But why? Why? Do they, what purpose do those bumps serve them if not to give humans warts? <laughs> uh, the, tox- <laughs> the toxins can kind of come out of there, too. <laughs> yeah. I think the toxins can come out of there, too. I'll have wow. to double check okay. that. But. Well, see, I have in my brain something about surface area since they are indicator species or, mm-hmm. like, maybe it helps retain moisture inside their bodies since they are more terrestrial. But you also said that frogs can be warty, too. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, I can see it being more of a thing with frogs. Um, mm-hmm. since they kind of use that skin more. Mm-hmm. Uh, but with toads, since they're a little bit thicker, it's usually on the belly where they're breathing in thicker. and taking in most of that stuff because their belly is thinner than the top of them. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. You mentioned that frogs and toads act like sponges in their environment, right? Mm-hmm. And that they literally breathe through their skins. So they can breathe through their skin. They will also breathe with their lungs. So whenever they are, you know, into the full-grown adult stage. They do have lungs, kind of like we do. Um, When they're in the tadpole stage, they would breathe with gills. So their skin is just like an extra way that they're able to breathe on top of having lungs or gills, depending on how old they are. Uh, That's super helpful during the winter time whenever they'll stay underwater or for toads if they're under dirt because they can, you know, not be in the air and still take in um, some oxygen from their skin, from their surroundings. Okay, follow-up question. Um, (laughs) Land and water. Yep. Right? Yeah. How do toads go up on land? And Like, I've seen them, like, where I can't even identify a source of water, right? Yeah. How do they do that when a lot of frogs just have to stay, like, in a pond? Mm -hmm. So I feel like normally with toads – First off, they'll they'll be in areas where they'll normally only start breeding during times of thunderstorms. So there's going to be what? like temporary storm, yeah. uh, temporary pools like all around. Ditch pools. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So they'll just use those, and they seem like they're not underwater as long since it's kind of like oh, this water's not going to be here that long. So that's why you see these tiny little toadlets all over the place that are like an inch long or less because they come out of the water so quick. Whereas if you have like something like a bullfrog you'll see it get almost close to full grown before it comes out of the water and loses its tail and stuff um so they kind of just have metamorphosis at different rates Hmm. okay so would you say that toad eggs compared to frog eggs develop faster because like those eggs are Mm -hmm. aware heavy air quotes that that pool could dry up really yeah, fast? It kind of seems like it, yeah. Like that they're adapted to do it more quickly. Mm-hmm. But of course, they're they're way smaller whenever they come out. So they do a lot more of their like actual kind of growing in size whenever they're out of the water. But I'm sure mm-hmm. it just depends on the specific kind of toad or frog that you're talking about. Yeah, that makes sense. But kind of on that topic, um, if you ever find like a bunch of frog or toad eggs like laying around in some water, uh, you can tell if it's a frog or a toad by... The toads lay them in like a single line, kind of like a strand of pearls. Mm. And then the frogs usually will lay them either like kind of one by one or in big giant clumps. So there's a way you can kind of tell the difference between those two. And there will be like, if it's a bullfrog, up to like 25,000 eggs. All from one female. Yeah. So do we know why the toads lay them in a line? Like, is it... 
I don't even know how to describe it. Yeah, but like, I'm not really... What's the advantage to laying them in a line versus them, like, a giant wad? And are they valuable like pearls? <laughs> I don't think they're valuable like pearls. <laughs> unless you just are an avid toad egg collector. What? I don't know. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I'm not really sure if there's, like, an... I don't know if there's, like, a benefit either way. Necessarily. Okay. I can see, like, if they were in a big clump, mm. like, if there was a big predator, that'd be, like, one big gulp for them. That would be pretty easy. Yeah. But at the same time, I don't know. I just, okay. I don't really know. Okay. That, that's cool. Yeah. I'm just, like, really curious about that. Tell us one thing out of all the things we've already talked about, something completely different, oh, that you think people need to know about frogs and toads or just frogs or just toads or amphids in general or whatever you want to tell mm-hmm. us. Yep. So if we didn't have frogs and toads, we would literally be overrun with nasty insects and mosquitoes and flies all oh over the place. Oh my gosh. Like the just, you know, not only are they the indicator species, but just the awesome pest control that they give us for free is amazing because like with those toads especially, like they just kind of don't stop eating. They'll <laughs> just keep eating all day. Um, and they do have those little sticky tongues. Toads have like shorter tongues, but they're like better at using them. So they have better aim than frogs do. Mm. But frogs do have longer tongues. So they have like kind of better reach. Okay. On that yes. note. Yeah. Um, in the cartoons, yep. you see frogs that can stick their tongues out really, really far yeah. and like snatch <laughs> a fly out of midair. Yeah. Is that a thing? It's not that long. Well, how long is it? It, it depends on the frog. So, like, obviously, bullfrogs, where they're, like, enormous. That's the biggest frog that we have in North America, naturally. Okay. Um, it could probably be a couple of inches. But, I mean, it's it's nothing like the cartoons at all. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So, not, not quite that dramatic, I guess. But wow. they are still really good at using it. And it, it can go out a decent ways. But just the amount that they help us by just getting rid of all of those pests and you know especially like with things like mosquitoes that carry a lot of diseases and you Mm. know kill more people than any other animal yeah that's really nice and so it's it's great to have those kind of animals all around us that are helping us out so much totally i'm sitting here scratching bug bites around (laughs) my ankles and i'm like man where are the frogs at yeah where are them frogs at (laughs) um people are always asking me what bird houses they should put out to get birds to eat bugs. Like, none of them really do eat mosquitoes. No. What you're yeah. saying mosquitoes are so small. Is that we need to just release armies of toads and yes, frogs in yards. I think that would be a great idea. Like, I if you've ever watched this. The Office and, like, Dwight Schrute releases a bunch of mosquitoes into the conference room and then he's like, oh, don't worry about it. I got all of these bullfrogs. I'll release them there later. <laughs> just like, I forgot awesome. about that episode. Yep. That's brilliant. <laughs> I want to do that. I, I would kind of like to test that out to see how effective they actually are. But like our yeah. toads that we have here, I've seen how they just go after the crickets. Like as soon as we put them in there, they're on, on it, it immediately. And they're awesome at catching them. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, um, I have one last question. I, I keep coming up with questions. Like I just want to know all yes. this stuff about frogs and toads. Um, I've heard that bullfrogs mm-hmm. are invasive, mm-hmm. right? Yes? No? Are they actually native? It depends on where you're at. I think they are native to Kansas. Okay. Um, And that's what most people, whenever they say something that is kind of invasive, usually think Uh non-native. But like for me, I even will sometimes describe cedar trees as invasive because they go into areas that they're not really supposed to be. So bullfrogs are native, but they can get that way in a lot of areas because they're just 
I mean, they're pretty vicious predators. Like, some of them will even eat other frogs. Um, yes, so, and snakes. I've seen them eat snakes. snakes. Yeah. I've seen pictures of them eat eating crayfish, snakes. all that kind of stuff. So they can be huge problems in some areas because they're just awesome competitors. Aren't they just like little garbage disposal Pretty much. Things? Yeah. Okay. They just don't stop. That's it's crazy. pretty impressive. That is impressive. Yeah. All right. I think that's all the time that we have. Emily, can you tell us again what your favorite is? My favorite is tree frogs. Gray tree frogs are my favorite favorite, but I just absolutely love frogs and toads. They're they're cute, awesome weirdos. Yes, and I too am beginning to love frogs and toads even more than I did before. <laughs> Good, I'm so, so glad. So thank you so much for hanging out with us today. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, of course. Uh, we'd also like to thank our producers, the Great Plains Nature Center, mm-hmm. and be sure to check out our website and whatnot for the resources that we mentioned in this podcast and shoot us any questions you have. Okay, bye. <laughs> Hello there. <laughs> oh, I'm so stupid. You're stupid. <laughs> I'm, that's my intro, okay? Okay. Thank you.